0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Smell Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boateng. This week, please join me in listening to a conversation with Katrina Norris, who's been dealing with parosmia since December of 2019. She's from Pickering, Ontario, and we discuss how her parosmia developed over time, her journey visiting many different types of doctors, how she's finally found support for her condition on Facebook, the ways that she manages her parosmia that allow her to eat, and much more. Our interview was recorded in April of 2022, so just this month. Let's listen to the interview. Hi, Katrina. Welcome to The Smell Podcast.
1: How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining me. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like where are you from and where do you currently live?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm from Whitby, Ontario, which is uh, just outside of Toronto. Um, I grew up there my whole life. And now in the last year and a half, I've lived in Pickering, which is just two cities over from Whitby. It's even closer to Toronto. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm currently
1: living. Okay, so a Canadian then. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you do for work or school? Um, I
2: finished school in 2017, and I graduated um, with cultural studies. Sorry, I graduated with a degree in cultural studies. Um, and for work, I currently work in the finance sector at Honda Canada. So nothing to do with my degree. Um, but yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's pretty typical of most people. We end up uh, pivoting. My undergraduate degrees in secondary education Spanish, and now I work in the nonprofit sector. So. It's pretty normal. (laughs) So Katrina, can you tell us a little bit more about your smell disorder story?
2: Yeah, so I had never heard of prosmia before. And for the longest time that this was happening to me, I didn't know that there was a name for it. Um, When it started, it started um, right before Christmas of 2019. Um, And I remember specifically, I was in my room this one day, and I had this weird Smell. I just smelled this weird, very weird smell that's very hard to describe, even to this day when people ask me what, like, Rosmia smells like, I don't know how to identify because there's nothing to compare it to, it's like nothing I've ever smelled before, it's just a very, like, gross, disgusting, weird smell, so I can pinpoint that exact time, right before Christmas of 2019, where I had smelt it for the first time, but I didn't know what it was, and then from that point forward, um, my prosnia, I want to say, was like part time, very like sporadic. Um, it wasn't happening every single day all the time. So I didn't even know that there was a problem for the longest time. Um, for the first little bit, I actually thought that uh, there was the food that was the problem. I remember specifically eating a chocolate bar and thinking this tastes so gross. Like, why does this taste bad? And then like, it was a consistent thing with this like same chocolate bar. So I guess I just thought it was the chocolate bar. And then it was also like salads, um, avocado toast. Like I would be drinking wine with my friends and I'm like, this tastes like it's gone bad. And I just didn't even clue in or realize that I was the problem, um, until a few months later. So this takes us to... The spring of 2020, so right uh, in the middle of the pandemic, starting there. um, I think that's when I started cluing in that it was me because I guess it was all the foods I was noticing a pattern like, okay, this can't be all the foods that are bad. Um, And I just concluded that there was something wrong with my taste buds. I thought it was the most bizarre, arbitrary thing to happen. Um, I remember telling my roommates. I just randomly get this thing sometimes where food tastes bad and I, I would like make a salad and sit down to eat dinner. And then I would take a bite and it tasted disgusting. So I would like just put it off to the side and try to come back maybe like half an hour later. Um, so I would do that for like the longest time that continued all throughout 2020 um, into 2021. It was always a part-time thing. I want to call it then uh, about a year later. So the end of January of 2021, was when it turned into a full-time thing. I remember that last week of January uh, every single morning that I went to eat breakfast my breakfast tasted disgusting. Um, I remember one of the days I was trying to eat fruit with yogurt and that was like I couldn't even eat that it was so bad and because the issue had been happening for so long um, and now it seemed to be all of a sudden getting words, I knew that I had to talk to my doctor. So I had a appointment with her and told her the issue. She had no idea what it could be. Um, She tried giving me some different remedies over the next month that none of them worked. Um, So then because I wasn't getting anywhere with her, I started doing my own research and Googling like, uh, why does my smell, why is my smell disgusting? Why is like everything taste disgusting? Um, and again, still didn't know what it was at this time. And that's when I started finding ENTs online. And so I ended up finding this one ENT from Toronto. Um, I'll just do a very long story short here because the whole process will take way too long to explain like every single specialist or doctor that I've seen. Um, but essentially every single one was the same. I've seen at least three ENTs now, two naturopaths and a neurologist, and none of them, have any idea what caused it, why it's happening, how to cure it. Um, I've tried, uh, the different nasal sprays. The first ENT, uh, gave me a a, a nasal spray. I tried that for a month. It didn't do anything. The second ENT I uh, saw also gave me a steroid nasal spray, Um, for a month that didn't do anything. Um, I've seen two different natural paths and tried, uh, doing all like natural remedies. Um, so she's given me like, um, probiotics and vitamins. Um, none of that has made a difference. Um, I will say that, uh, during the end of August of last year, so 2021, this was after I had seen, I saw a neurologist because, uh, the ENT I saw told me that it was a neurological issue. So I saw a neurologist and he said it wasn't a neurological issue. Um, so then I was basically like, I felt like, everyone I'd seen had given up on me. No one knew what to do. The first ENT I saw had actually like fully said he cannot help me and he has no idea how to help me and wow. to let him know if somebody else like figures it out. Um, and so I felt this like hopeless. Was- yeah and even looking back now like I know that it's called prosmia now because finally like the second or third ENT, I remember he said the word prosmia and I'd never heard that before but looking back now I was like how did these ENTs not know it was parosmia when I was explaining all my symptoms because um, that's like what they specialize in. So that was very weird to me. Um, but yeah, basically they had all, all given up on me and I felt like I didn't know what else to do when doctors are even telling you that there's nothing they can do. Um, and so I went on Facebook and I looked up like parosmia mm-hmm. uh, support group, or, Facebook or something like that. And for the first time, I saw so many other people that had this issue because before then I thought that I was the only one who had this issue because mm-hmm. I've never heard of it before. The ENTs weren't like, Oh yeah, this happens, but I've seen this before I've dealt with this. Like they were so clueless and didn't have a clue what I was talking about. So to go on Facebook and see like uh, a Facebook group with like 30,000 people in it with prosmia and anosmia was so I don't want to say reassuring Mm -hmm. but I cried when I first found it just reading people's posts and seeing that there's other people out there like me who are suffering and I will say that the Facebook group has been a huge help um, in the last few months and when I first found it um, because so many people are posting in there um, different things that they've tried things that have worked for them there's so many tips and so many things that I've tried that I found from the Facebook group, and unfortunately, like none of them have been successful. But that's not saying that that's anybody's fault. What I've learned is that um, every single person is different with parosmia because everyone gets it from a different, different mm-hmm. way. Like some people have head injuries, a lot, are, a lot are from COVID now, um, but you can get it from infection, cold, anything like that. And so, what one what cures one person might not cure another person. So, I've just tried to be patient in my like search for treatment um, but it is extremely difficult having this for uh, almost two and a half years now and no improvement whatsoever and no guarantee that this will even go away because I've heard of um, some people who say it's permanent and that's I think my biggest fear not knowing if it's permanent or not because obviously I have hope that there will be some revenue or some treatment that I can find that will be the one thing that makes my smell and taste go back to normal but I do have days where it's terrifying if I'm wondering, is this a permanent thing? Is all this money that I'm spending and wasting on all these treatments even going to work? Because what if it is permanent? And what if there is no
1: solution to this? Yeah, no, I absolutely understand. So I'm wondering, your timeline sounds like it was right around the time that COVID took off. So like December 2019. Do you remember being sick in December, like or in November or December so- of that year? So a lot of people have asked me this
2: and all the doctors have asked me this too. If I had COVID, Um, the thing is, because I've thought about this a lot, I was never sick at all uh, during that time. And even if I wasn't uh, symptomatic, say I had COVID and was asymptomatic, I was also living at a house. I had three roommates. I was working at the office and I was seeing my family around Christmas time. And so like if I did have COVID and if I was asymptomatic, surely Somebody else at my office, in my house, at my family's house would have gotten sick, but nobody was sick at all. So that's mm-hmm. the only like way that I conclude that I don't think that I had COVID.
1: Yeah, it's a mystery for why this happens to some people. I mean, right now, obviously, it can happen to a lot of people who have COVID, but it can happen to people who don't ever have COVID too. So yeah, to your point, you're not really sure why, but it is interesting timing because right in that spring of 2020 is when everything took off. So it's curious for me to hear about your journey with the ENTs, because you would think surely with all of the news going on about how um, smell and taste can be impacted, it would be, you would think that they would um, have heard of it a little bit more. So I'm sorry that you went through that frustrating process.
2: Yeah, I will say that um, I don't want to say this and offend anyone who's a doctor or ENT, but Um, once I started seeing a naturopath was when I started feeling so much better about uh, my hope for treatment, because when I would see the ENTs, they would basically like hear my problem, prescribe me a nasal spray or something. And then a month later it didn't work. And they're like, okay, I don't know what to do. Whereas when I started seeing my natural path right away, she wanted to know everything in the last few years that have happened, like every single thing, even if I thought it was irrelevant, tell her because her, um, mindset was, we need to find the root of this. We need to find what's causing this and then work from there. So what Mm -hmm. she believed was that I had an infection. I wasn't necessarily sick with symptoms, but she said I could have had an infection that didn't present with symptoms. It could have been an internal thing that, cause the prosmia so that's when she started treating me with a lot of the vitamins that you probably hear that people use like a lot of vitamin a zinc stuff like that a lot of probiotics um is a good one too um so she hit me with a lot of that stuff i did that for six weeks but unfortunately that didn't work either um so that's been a few months now kind of going back and forth with different treatment plans with her unfortunately nothing has worked and so now i think she's even kind of second guessing her original not diagnosis, but her uh, hypothesis that this might have been an infection. Um, She also tossed her in a few other things, like um, if there was exposure to mold that can sometimes uh, mess with your smell. Uh, The other naturopath I saw um, told me to get tested for this uh, bacteria called H. pylori Mm -hmm. um, that can live in your body without causing symptoms. And she said it could affect your smell. So I actually just got tested for that recently. So I'm still waiting for the results. Um, But yeah, I'm learning that there's so many other things that could cause this. And it's
1: just unfortunate that I don't know what did. (laughs) So I agree for sure. And I'm glad that you have someone that you're seeing now who's like listening to you. I think that's such a big part of the problem is that a lot of the times when we present with a smell or taste disorder, um, many people don't feel like they're being heard. Um, So it's good that you have someone that is currently listening to you. So I want to go back to when you mentioned that you found the Facebook groups and how relieving that was for you. I've had that myself when I first was an Osmic. It took a long time for me to meet anyone else in person. And I know that social media is not in person, but it's the same concept of meeting other people who just like inherently understand you and understand what you're going through. So before that happened, just in your daily life, you talked about how you had a roommate. Um, What was their reaction? Like, Did you feel like they believed you, or were they just like, okay, she's just talking about this thing again? Like, how was that experience (laughs) for you trying to explain what you were going through to people who haven't experienced it? Okay, so I will say I've heard a lot of people in the
2: Facebook group complaining that that's the one thing that upset sorry upsets them the most that people don't believe them or think it's not that big of a deal. I. Fortunately, have never experienced that. Every single person in my life, my friends, family, everyone that I've told, has believed me. Like there's never been a doubt of what I'm telling them. Um, okay. With my roommates, it started off how I was saying in the spring of 2020, how it was just kind of like an offhanded thing. We'd be like about to eat dinner, and I'd be like, "Oh, this tastes funny. Like there's something wrong with my taste buds." So they knew from right from the get go that like I thought there was something wrong with my taste buds. It wasn't until like a year and a half later that I had finally updated them because I was no longer living with them I moved in with my boyfriend who I currently live with now mm-hmm. um and that's currently here is where the issue became more of a, the full-time issue so um it wasn't until after that that I kind of came back and gave them an update and said I have this, this thing called parosmia and told them it's the distorted smell and taste and um same with telling my boyfriend my parents like everyone who I've told right away they're they are I guess their first question always like, how did this happen or why did this happen? And I obviously don't know, but everyone's very supportive and very um, good about it. Like no one's ever questioned it, I guess. And um, even when I've told some of my other friends, um, same thing, it's mostly just like wonder and curiosity they they think it's very strange and bizarre and weird and they feel bad obviously because there's nothing you can do but feel bad for somebody in that situation but yeah I, I guess I've been very lucky that I've had no one who who doubts me or doesn't believe that it's like a real valid thing that's
1: good so one of the things I kind of want to dive into that's interesting about you is that you're vegan So speaking of that, obviously having dietary restrictions, being vegan and being more um, limited purposefully about what you're putting in your body and everything, how has this impacted your relationship with food and eating and and being vegan? Like, does that limit the safe foods that are available for you? And can we kind of dive into that?
2: That's a good question. And no, I don't think it's uh, changed anything with the fact that I'm vegan. Um, because everything smells and tastes disgusting like a lot of people in the Facebook group say that they have safe foods um and actually ironic enough a lot of people say that meat is the one thing that they can't stand like a lot of people have said they've had to switch to uh plant-based meat substitutes because they find the smell and taste of meat absolutely rancid um fortunately I don't eat meat so I don't have to smell how bad that probably smells Um, but for me with my prosmia, everything smells and tastes disgusting when Mm. it was first, when it first started happening full-time and it was getting really bad. Um, I did find there was only two things that were like somewhat normal and that was plain toast with nothing on it and popcorn, like plain popcorn. Mm. Other than those two things, there's not a single food that I could like withstand if I wanted to everything equally smells and tastes horrible but it's like in a different way like my um, naturopath was just asking me this I think like a week or two ago what it smells like and I was like it's not one singular smell it's like every single food has its smell that it smells like that if you don't have a smell disorder you smell what the food smells like but when you have parosmia for me at least you smell that smell but it's like someone took it and like distorted it in the worst way possible and it just smells horribly disgusting so it's like if you smell an orange or like vegan meat or like something else like they all smell like their food
1: but terrible so it's not like they all Mm -hmm. smell the same um yeah so like an orange smells like an orange but like the worst possible version of an orange
2: yeah. And it's so weird too. Cause it's not even, it's not even just food. It's like, I know people probably said this as well. It's like your shampoo, your conditioner, body wash, deodorant, toothpaste, like every single thing that has a smell smells horrible. Even the air, like if I'm just sitting there when the smell is happening, it's like this air smells that I can't even handle smelling the air. Um, so it's very weird. And also I've found that it's almost like it, it makes my senses hyper aware. Like before, I had parosmia. I didn't think I had that good of a sense of smell. People would be like, "Oh, do you smell that?" And I was like, "No. Like I have such a bad sense of smell that I just couldn't smell things as much as other people." And now that I have parosmia, my boyfriend jokes and says I have like hyper smell now because mm. um, I, it's almost like I can smell every single like ingredient or spice that's like in a food like Mm. if my boyfriend's cooking something in the kitchen like hours ago I could smell like five hours later I can smell every single like spice that's lingering in the air but it smells like horrible
1: Hmm. that's fascinating I haven't heard that before with parasmia but I'm that's really interesting um so one question that pops up for me after you're talking about that is what can you eat right now or what what do you force okay. yourself to eat okay so I guess
2: I should also say this um, do you know what the neti pot is mm-hmm. yeah okay so the neti pot is the only thing that is basically getting me by to like live a normal life if I didn't have the neti pot my smell would be I guess terrible 24 7 um, but I've found that if I take the natty pot and put a little bit like not full of water, maybe like a little bit less than half with water and then put the solution in it, I rinse it through both my nostrils and that provides me uh, temporary relief. And I don't know if anyone else has tried this or figured this out, or maybe it doesn't work on everyone. I don't know how it works. And I've told this to like the doctors, ENTs, aunties, my naturopaths, no one understands how like they've tried everything and nothing works but this neti pot with just a little bit of water and solution works but only temporary it's not like it's a permanent solution because it still happens to me every single day so it's like for the last year I've been rinsing with the neti pot every single day multiple times a day um so it's like I, I couldn't go without it so it's not like it's cured my prosmy or fixed it but it does provide a temporary relief where I wake up every single morning my smell is bad I go to the bathroom I rinse with the neti pot and it's good like it switches back to normal my smell and tastes are completely normal temporarily so that's how I can eat and drink and live normally basically with the neti pot um, so in terms of what I eat I can just eat anything I want oh, basically um, however it is very annoying to want to go out and hang out with your friends or go out for a dinner like I've been at restaurants and have to have to bring the neti pot with me because I'll be sitting there in the middle of dinner And my smell can just change from good to bad, like a switch of a light, like it just will randomly change for no reason. I'll just be sitting there at the restaurant and it goes bad. And so I have to like get up and excuse myself and like run to the bathroom. And I'm like in a stall with the door closed, like filling up the neti pot. Like, so you have to bring um I have to bring a water bottle because uh, you can't just use tap water when you rinse it through your nostrils. It has to be clean, like sterilized water. So right. I have like my little water bottle I bring, I'm like filling up the neti pot, rinsing it through my nostrils over the toilet. It's so embarrassing. Um, But yeah, I have to do that because if I didn't do that, like the smell is just honestly unbearable, especially being at a restaurant where like there are so many smells everywhere. It's just horrible.
1: <laughs> That's a, I mean, I'm so happy to hear that there's at least something that is helping you. Um, but that sounds super frustrating to have to do that constantly and, and to take it with you. Um, I've spoken to someone else recently who had talked to me a little bit about nose clips. She was dealing with parosmia herself and she said that she wants to normalize nose clips. Her name is Julie Cardy. She actually started a program called Get Smelp. So if you're interested or anyone's listening, it's a newer um, company called Get Smelt for People with Parosmia. And part of her overall mission is to normalize nose clips for people. So when you go out to a restaurant and that happens that you could just put them on your nose and you wouldn't be able to smell it and then be able to enjoy your food. Her, uh, I think. Yeah, I was, totally like, agree with that. They're like glasses, right? Like I wear glasses and, and those are normal. Like people don't look at me like I'm weird um, because I have any vision correction. So. Uh, her point was, it would be interesting if we could get to a point in society where people who have a smell disorder could just use the nose clip like it was glasses or something, so. A hundred percent. Even I
2: discovered that early on um, last spring when my prosmia went full-time bad. Um, I don't know how I realized that it was only coming out of one nostril. I don't know if anyone else has experienced either, but um, I had this weird feeling that it was only coming out of one nostril. And so my boyfriend was like, try plugging each nostril and eating something and so first I did like my one nostril I ate a piece of chocolate it was disgusting I plugged the other nostril which is my left nostril I ate the piece of chocolate and it tasted normal and I was Mm. so awestruck and as soon as I unplugged my nose it all it all like the smell flooded through the nose and like tasted everything tasted disgusting again but after that I realized a it was only coming from one nostril and b if I plug that nostril then it temporarily fixes the issue so then I started doing the same thing I would would take chip clips and put Mm -hmm. them over my nose so that's how I would actually eat for like the first little bit there before I discovered the neti pot which um now that I know that there's such a thing of um nose clips I probably would have had a more comfortable time using those because the chip clips were very painful over my nose and it also is really difficult to eat when you can't breathe out of your nose because if your mouth is full you're like choking basically because you can't get air um, but then another thing that i would do because of how embarrassing it is to wear that on your nose um, if i was having friends over or like going for drinks with some people i would stuff tissue up my left nostril to like plug it and and like hide it basically and as long as there is no airflow going through the nostril then it's like foolproof basically but if there's even like the slightest bit of air leaking through then you can still like smell and taste the bad smell mm. um well that became problematic because I would try to stuff the tissue up there and also keep it not visible because I don't want people seeing that like this white stuff in my nose um but then I would start shoving it like so far up my nostril that one time I got stuck and I couldn't get it out I'm so I just stopped doing fair. that and also People, yeah, people also could like see it. People were like, what's in your nose? And that was too embarrassing too. So I kind of only use that as like a last resort if I'm like out somewhere where I can't bring my neti pot. Um, I kind of just run to the bathroom and we'll shove tissue up my nose. I will say that, um, with the pandemic and having to wear masks everywhere, that's been a blessing because I've had to be in public with tissue stuffed up my nose. And
1: if I'm wearing my mask, it hides it. Um, mm. so that's been a lifesaver as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm glad you're finding some solutions. I know they don't seem like good solutions, but I mean, at least they're, at least they're helping you eat. Um, a little bit even though obviously ideally you wouldn't have to be dealing with this so I know it's not a good thing but overall at least you're able to at least eat a little bit is is what I'm trying to say Um, not very eloquently but that's what I'm trying to get across so (laughs) when you are at work um, are you working remotely still or are you going into the wherever you work at? Um, Yeah I've
2: been able to work from home luckily since the pandemic started I have thought about the concept of going back So I didn't know if I was going to have to go back or not. And that was my biggest obstacle was like, I don't think I could survive at an office if I'm having to like run to the bathroom and rinse my nostrils every little bit to like be able to sit there and be normal. Um, being able to work from home has rewarded me that. Um, and I don't think they're going to make uh, us go back anytime soon. So I'm perfectly content working at home.
1: That's good news. So another question that I ask every podcast guest and I always preface this one with like, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. But do you think that parosmia is a disability? That's a good question. And I've
2: heard you ask other people on the podcast that Um, before. I had never thought about it uh, until I heard you bring it up, I guess, in your podcast. So I guess my answer would be yes. I wouldn't have ever thought that before if no one had brought up that issue um but when you think about it it is very debilitating and it's it's not only one sense it's two senses it's your smell and your taste and um i guess with anosmia it's your sense is taken away completely with parosmia, it's not taken away but it's it's distorted in a way that severely affects your life and I'm so fortunate that I have little solutions like stuffing my nostril or using the neti pot, but there are some people out there, like in the Facebook group, I've read people who are suicidal because they can't stand living anymore because living like this is so unbearable for them. Like they can't eat, they can't drink, they can't do anything. They can't go out with friends. They can't enjoy their life like a normal person. And so when you really think about it in
1: that aspect, yeah, I think it is considered a disability. Yeah, I it's so hard. It's such a triggering word for some people, but I think the way that you just explained it for sure, um, it's an impact on your life and your day to day functioning. So, in my opinion, I, I think I'm on record of stating that I do believe it is. Um, so it's good to hear just the different viewpoints from people. So the next thing I want to ask you is, I kind of have a sense, but what would you like people who don't have a smell disorder And specifically, we're talking about prosmia today. But what would you like people who don't have prosmia to know about what it's like for you to live with it? Um, I think I want people
2: who don't have prosmia to know that it is as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Like there are people who a don't believe it. Like when people tell them they have it, they don't believe in it. They don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. They don't understand it, and I also want to say, never take your sense of smell for granted because everybody does. I did. You never think that you're going to lose your sense of smell or have it severely distorted. Um, I want my whole life smelling things normally until one day I woke up and everything smells and tastes absolutely disgusting. And you can't eat, you can't drink when that's happening. And so I guess I just want people to know that it severely affects your life. It impacts you in every single way. It's not just, oh, her smell is bad it's like you can't enjoy little things in life it makes you depressed like i've had so many mental breakdowns where i'm about to eat a meal and i can't and i'm like on the bathroom floor bawling my eyes out because i can't eat and because i don't feel normal and that all my other friends can go to restaurants and go for drinks and be normal and just eat things like a normal person and that i can't do that so it is very upsetting and i don't know i just I just don't like when people don't take it seriously or don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be or the pe- saying people are like dramatic when they talk about it. And I have even been like apprehensive to tell people um, sometimes because I know that there's people out there who have things going on in their life that are way worse and people have other disabilities and other things happening to them that are way worse. But with that being said, prosmia is still horrible and, I don't think people should be apprehensive to tell someone, hey, I have a smell disorder out of fear that they're going to be like, oh, it's just a smell disorder. It's not that big of a deal because it is that big of a deal.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's the importance of this podcast and connecting with people and sharing stories is that it starts to normalize it and you hear other people's stories and you hear what it's like for them. And it's, um, it's just comforting overall, but it's also good to just normalize the fact that there's so many millions of people who are dealing with a smell or taste disorder. And it's no longer, I don't think it's, I don't think it's acceptable any longer to just say like, it's not a big deal. Cause there are literally millions of people who have something going on with their chemosenses, senses and, and their life has changed on a daily basis.
2: And I was even thinking about like now because of the pandemic and COVID, there's so many more people who are having both anosmia and prosmia, like never seen before. And it's still so discouraging to think that this disease disorder, I don't even know what you call it, is still so unheard of. There's so many people who have never heard of it and doctors as well. There's so many doctors and ENTs and specialists who, A, don't know what it is and B, don't know how to fix it. And I just don't think that that's right, that these aren't new things. These have been around for a long time. And it's so strange because just because I had never heard of it doesn't mean that it wasn't a thing. And when I started going online and googling and finding like studies from like 2006 and so long ago I'm like how can they know about parosmia from all that time ago and still not have any solution not even a cure but not even any solutions like I've Mm -hmm. seen like little things here and there of studies that they've done but overall there's so many people who are suffering right now and their doctors basically tell them there's nothing we can do and I just think that's absolutely terrifying
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you're aware, um, probably you are from listening to the podcast, but I'm a part of the Smell and Taste Association of North America. Um, So it's the new patient advocacy organization. And our goals are to advocate for research and funding for research for people who are dealing with um, smell and taste disorders. And it is North America. So that encompasses uh, the USA and Canada and Mexico. And our goals are currently we're um, our uh, board were based in North America, or excuse me, in the United States. But eventually, the goal is to have like, places like representation in both Canada and Mexico. So yeah, I I, part of the reason we started Stana is for that purpose is like, it's wild that we are as big of a um, DUS in particular, as big as it is, there's nothing and Canada is just as huge. And there's As far as I know, there's no patient advocacy organizations in Canada either.
2: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that we can all do on an individual level is kind of spread the word and talk about it because for the longest time I wasn't talking about prosmia. It's something, it's not that I was embarrassed, but kind of, and it's also just such a weird, bizarre phenomenon that no one's heard of that. You can't just say like, Oh, I have this. And someone's like, Oh, okay. She has this. And they know what it is. It's like, I have to explain if I'm out with someone and I'm not eating, it's like, you have to go into this, like, huge explanation of what's going on. And even then they have never heard of it and they don't know or understand what's going on. And so I think if we all talk about it and spread the word and if more people know about parosmia and it becomes more normalized, then I don't know, just get the word out. And even like it was I just like didn't want to talk about it for so long with like public or on social media or anything like that with people that I knew because I was almost like, what's the point? But a few months ago, I saw this TikTok of this girl talking about pros and it was such a good video. And so I shared it on my Facebook page and I was kind of scared because I'd never like publicly like on a social media platform told anyone that I have pros or talked about it. So it was kind of scary posting. Cause I said, I I've had this for the last two years. Like we need to talk about this more. And I don't know why that was so scary for me to post about that. I don't know why it's such a scary thing for me to talk about. I think it's mixed in with that feeling of, um, people not understanding. And I don't want people to look at me and be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Why is she being overdramatic or kind of like downplaying my situation? I think that's what scares me the most is people not understanding. But at the same time, we have to post about it and talk about it to spread the word and get it out there and get it more normalized so that people understand what
1: this is. Absolutely. Um, So finally, to wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to add? to the episode um anything else you'd like to tell people or advocate for um no I think I've said a lot
2: in my last few answers so I think I've basically covered everything
1: you have yeah absolutely so I would just like to say thank you for coming on the podcast um my hope for you and for everyone dealing with parosmia is that there is a cure there is a treatment in the future um so like you said really good advice start talking about it if you're not um, let other people know how impactful it is in your life. Participate in a clinical trial. If you can find one, um, those things are so important. And I guess quick question for you. Are there clinical trials in Canada? Like, is there like a clinical trial website?
2: I've personally never heard of anything. Um, if there was, I would love to know about it. My mom has told me, she's like, you should be like subject zero or like a patient in some kind of study for uh, people who are like looking into studying prosmia, but I'm like I've never heard of any of that and even one of the ENTs that I saw is actually one of like the top ENTs in Canada and he wasn't even able to like point me in any direction I was like do you know any people or doctors who specialize like specifically in prosmia? and he said no so maybe there isn't but if there is I would love to know about it.
1: Absolutely so anyone listening if you know about that or know how that works in Canada specifically please let me know and I'd be happy to follow up with Katrina and the rest of you and, and let you all know um how to get access to that information so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story um, it was really great to speak with you I'm sorry you're still dealing with pros me and I hope it goes away soon thank you so much and thank you for having me on here to let me share my
2: story and have a platform to kind of get this information out there
1: absolutely
0: thanks to katrina for coming on the podcast and sharing her parosmia story with all of us you can connect with her on instagram at Catrice underscore and i'll make sure to include a link in the episode notes so you can click on that too The Smell and Taste Association of North America, or STANA, is the first patient organization focused on smell and taste disorders in the USA. To find out more, you can visit STANA's website online at www.thestana.org. STANA is an official 501c3 nonprofit, so any donations are tax deductible. And we are still fundraising to help all of us who have smell and taste disorders, so please donate on our website if you can. Check out our latest series of programming called Stana Live Sensory Insights on Instagram, where we interview people from the world of taste and smell. You can visit our Instagram page to view all of the previous interviews. For any questions or if you'd like to get involved, please visit the website or email us at info at the